We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. I'm James Anderson, joined by John McKechnie and Mario Puig. And before we kind of get into the the slates this week, you know, just kind of want to, you know, pour a little out for for Seth Russell, who is not only done for the year, but, you know, probably, you know, dealing with something that might affect him long term. And, and, you know, kind of selfishly, I'm upset about this for a variety of reasons. Uh, Obviously, it sucks for Seth Russell personally, but... You know, I don't think we're going to see Corey Coleman get to 40 or 50 touchdowns like he might have done had uh, had Russell stayed healthy. But what what were your guys' initial thoughts when you learned of this kind of depressing news? And how do you see Baylor kind of rebounding from it? This is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> I initially just wanted to lash out at Iowa State for, you know, committing such for a crime existing. against fantasy players. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And he... Yeah, he was he was gonna score like seventy touchdowns or whatever. Uh, at least the good news is Jarrett Stidham, the replacement, is probably really good too. Uh, obviously, a true freshman quarterback 
there's, there's always weird things that can happen with rookie types, but uh, he's got, he's got like six touchdowns and like 28 passes or something this year in garbage time. So he might be able to keep Corey Coleman under uh, at the current rate or lower of uh, like a touchdown every four targets or whatever it's been. So Corey Coleman can still make the push for 30 touchdowns or at least let us hope. Yeah. And now it, it kind of, you know, if that Baylor offense were to kind of just, tread water and and kind of keep things going without missing you know too much then you would would have to imagine Corey coleman would definitely emerge as as a heisman front runner there with with russell out of the picture mm-hmm. uh all right let's get to the thursday slate this week i think we're gonna focus primarily on uh DraftKings prices just because i think you know now that we are a a, a free podcast we're not we're not bound to any sponsors or obligations. We we honestly play on DraftKings probably a bit more than we do any other site, and I think they probably have the best college football game available uh, among the, the big sites. So we're going to use their prices and their contests for the sake of this podcast. Of course, we might refer to some other uh, prices out there on, on different sites if, if they're relevant, but uh, we'll get started. The, there's a Thursday slate, just Thursday only, no Friday games. The The top game on that slate is, of course, West Virginia at TCU. The Horn Frogs, 14-point favorites, over-under is 75 what do you guys see here? I mean, the one thing that sort of st- stood out to me was I, I like Cavante Turpin at 4,100 a little bit. I don't know what you guys think about that. And then, uh, of course, Josh Doxson, we were talking about that before we started recording. There was some, uh, you know, he was listed as questionable earlier today. I think that might have been an, an error. I think he might be good to go. Is that, is that the case, John? Yeah, I think so. He came back into the into the game uh, when, when TCU last played, and I don't think there's any reason for concern using him tomorrow. And there's enough value receivers out there i mean even on his own team uh colby listenby also at 4400 you can fit docs and and pair him with some cheaper receivers easily and get him into your lineup yeah, that, there's nothing that I've been able to find about Doxson. There's been commentary from Coach Gary Patterson about how Turpin's returning from his injury, which was expected all along, even before the bye week. Um, that might hurt Liston be a little bit because Patterson is a Cavante Turpin super fan, like just loves him so much. Uh, with with you know that's understandable because Turpin does seem pretty beastly at times, <laughs> and he's only a true freshman. And uh, us, us like human sized humans can can find some uh, you know admiration there just because we feel less uh, i i actually like athletes that are are much bigger than me it kind of oh okay i, I don't like the ones that are like my size wanna, because then it makes wanna... me feel bad about not doing more oh, you don't know excuse given. then yeah yeah, like, yeah well how about this Conte <laughs> turpin's really really fast do you okay. feel better then yeah, yeah okay. that does make me feel a bit better <laughs> all right <laughs> do you do you like that 4100 price though i mean i think that um, that's i don't i don't know what to make of 4100 for turpin when listen b is only 4,400. I, I think there's a good chance that Listenby and Turpin will be roughly equal though uh, because Deontay Gray and Listenby were roughly equal last year. Gray's okay. been out all of this year with some spring knee injury. I think, I think. he's going to redshirt actually. Yeah, he's, so he's like definitely not playing this year. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's possible that Listenby and, and Turpin can be like equals and uh, if that were to occur then obviously you would just go with the cheaper guy but uh, Listenby is quite a bit bigger. Like Turpin just doesn't really 
project as a reliable red zone presence at five five one fifty or whatever he is. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely the the game to target mostly. There's there's uh, on the other side of that field. I mean, Shelton Gibson for West Virginia is only fifty two hundred, and he's he's kind of the the clear number one there. It's not like he's gotten a huge target volume, but he's been the most reliable. Um, he's, he's been in the game plan week to week, and also has shown consistent big play upside. So uh, yeah, there's there's West Virginia guys to go after too. I also like Wendell Smallwood quite a yeah. lot. He's a fifty six hundred. It looks and, like on DraftKings. And then just looking at the quarterbacks on this Thursday slate, uh, are you going to be investing a little bit in Boykin at ninety seven hundred? Is that? Is, I mean, he's obviously the clear top option on the slate, but I mean, are there enough value plays beneath him that he might not be in all your lineups? Ninety seven hundred is actually a bit expensive to me because I think Skylar Howard at seventy six hundred is the guy that I'm definitely going with. Like even even if things get kind of garbage timey, like almost especially if they do, uh, like Skylar Howard because he does create big plays both as a runner and passer. Uh, I see like so like in the Baylor game they got blown out. He still had thirty point six six fantasy points on DraftKings. So uh, Skylar Howard is a guy I like in that game. Um, but yeah, otherwise th- there's there's not a whole lot of slam dunks at quarterback this week. Like I don't like Marquise Williams against Pittsburgh at like mm-hmm. almost any price. I just mm-hmm. don't trust them against that defense, especially on the road. Uh, Marquise Williams has not been very good as a passer despite his his improved production of late Oregon. I don't trust at all. And they're on the road against Arizona state who can blitz at least. And if they get some sacks on Vernon Adams, then he's not going to get his rushing yardage production that he needs to safely meet value. The Mike Berkovic, he's going against the easier matchup of the Oregon defense in that game, but he's been just like all over the place all year. I think he's just not a very good passer and they don't have very good receivers either. So, uh, there's a lot of dysfunctional quarterbacks on this slate. Um, but yeah, it's still tough for me to find the funds available to get that 9700 on Boykin. You do you agree, Jen? Uh, I actually disagree uh, to an extent. I definitely see what you're saying, and uh, you know, using a guy like Skylar Howard and pairing him with a you know a, another mid-price guy would definitely work uh, for me. I, I might even do that uh, in one of my lineups, but. I'm definitely rolling with Boykin in one of them. And then uh, Joe Licata from Buffalo uh, at 5,700 going against Miami of Ohio. I think uh, Miami of Ohio is, you know, on the on the lower end of the of the talent scale on in the Mac and I, I could definitely see Lakata uh putting up respectable numbers against them. And there's also Tyler Jones yeah. uh at forty seven hundred and to be able to start him I mean that that saves you so much money at other spaces to uh, to you know stack. Yeah, I actually I actually wanted to talk about Tyler Jones. Uh, why is that price so though? Well because Texas State has been really bad. They haven't put up It is Texas State. They, yeah, they, <laughs> haven't, they haven't put up big point totals or probably not even as big of point totals as were projected but, before the well, uh, but I mean it's also a tough matchup uh, relatively but the thing is Georgia Southern's defense hasn't been nearly as good this year as it has as it was last year um, I mean they just got pummeled by Appalachian State they've, they've shown some signs of weakness even prior to that um, but yeah Tyler Jones He's 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 very reliably a running threat as and as well as a you know very mid level passer. But uh, basically, Georgia Southern is is not a team that you want to play against most of the time, at least in fantasy, because they they just are so low tempo with their their run emphasis. Mm-hmm. Like they're low tempo and they keep the clock running. 
So it's you do worry about more, or sorry, of Jones like ending that game with like you know seventy five percent of the the pass attempt and rush attempt volume that he otherwise would get. So maybe that's why he's at forty seven hundred. But at forty seven hundred, I think I'm willing to take that risk because that's just that's really exceptionally cheap. It, it is worth watching. Also, uh, if Reginald Bell, I haven't been able to find anything on this, but if Reginald Bell is starting for Eastern Michigan, he's only forty six hundred, and he's actually a really good runner too. He just keeps getting hurt. Like, all the time, so uh, it hasn't shown up yet. But Reginald Bell can be really good if he would just stop breaking his jaw and ha- what I, I guess he sprained an ankle most recently. But uh, yeah, Brogan Roback, the other guy who would, would that's a, that's a quality it's, name. It's the best. Name. <laughs> and Roback, Brogan Roback, that is, that is better than fiction. <laughs> but yeah, he's not good, so I probably would not consider him if Bell were to sit. But yeah, I guess I'm not I'm not really in play on the other quarterbacks. I guess if the other one that I would consider would be like Zach. Taylor at 7000 It's just, at that price, I don't know if he has the ceiling I'd want for, uh, you know, how much he costs. So we can we can jump around a little bit here. Uh, you know, the, the next the next game that I think, you know, a lot of people have action on is that Oregon at Arizona State game. Arizona State, two-and-a-half-point favorites there, over under 66. That should be a close one, fairly high scoring. Let's look at the running backs, Royce Freeman, Demario Richard, you know, Royce Freeman's the top the top priced running back on the slate at eighty three hundred. Just below him, Matt Breida at uh, Georgia Southern, and then Richard a few spots below both of those guys at sixty three hundred. Do you see either one of those guys being a, a worthwhile play in that game? Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to go for uh, Royce Freeman in this slate uh, at 8,300. Um, I think there's enough uh, like sub 6,000 plays okay. uh, that, that would work for me. And actually, Arizona State, you know, despite the perception of them just not playing defense, they actually do have a pretty solid run defense. Uh, they're top 35 in the country, I believe, against the run. Uh, so I, I'm probably not going to use use him on are you, Thursday. Are you on that same page in terms of not paying up for the, the super expensive running backs on this slate? Well, Oregon categorically is kind of out for me in this game, except for Darren Carrington at 4,000 at receiver. That's Mm -hmm. pretty cheap for a guy who made a convincing claim in his first game back from suspension that he's the best receiver on the team, caught five passes for 125 yards and two touchdowns. Charles Nelson, uh, I don't know what he did in the last game if he didn't play, and maybe that might have helped Carrington, but he's, he's supposed to play, so that would be like the only concern with maybe Carrington's prominence getting scaled back, but I just I don't trust Oregon at all, and like John said, Arizona State at the very least creates pressure, so I mean, guy with a broken finger or whatever, like obviously Washington is a very tough defense, a better one than Arizona State by mm-hmm. any measure, and Adams was pretty functional as a passer, but I still, I don't know. I can't. I can't really get over the shakiness they've displayed all year and they're on the road. So, whatever. I'm not. I'm, not def- I'm definitely not going after Roy Freeman at 8,300. There's not a chance. The only one that I would pay at, at 8,000, Matt Breda is not the most practical choice, but he could really go off in this game. Uh, Texas State is not very good on defense. And uh, if, if Tyler Jones is as, as productive as he usually is, they might make a close enough game that, you know, Breda could get to the 15 or over the 15 carry mark. Yeah, and, if, if that could be, be like 250 game, yards. Right. <laughs> minimum of 150 yards. Um, but, yeah, so th- that's interesting. Aaron Green, uh, sorry to go back to the last game, but at 6,400, I mean, it's really scary that he's had such a small workload the last two games, just 23 carries over the last two games. 
But that's 6,400 for Aaron Green mm-hmm. is really cheap, and the West Virginia defense has not been good against the run. Um, but, yeah, sorry to go let's, off topic. But. Well, let's let's just hit the receivers on this slate before we move on to, the, to Saturday. We, we kind of touched on the TCU guys. What about Daniel Braverman at, at 7,400, Tyler Boyd, 6,900? Uh, you know, a couple, a couple Western Michigan guys here kind of towards the top of the slate. Corey Davis also uh, above 5,500. Are you looking at any of those guys? Uh, John and Mario, or is it another kind of like value play, like looking at the guys in the the four thousand range? Uh, I think if if you're not gonna go with Doxson, there's plenty of uh, available talent here. I definitely like Braverman. You know, especially PPR, he's gonna rack up a ton of catches. Uh, so I like his. Uh, you know, seventy four hundred still expensive, but if he's the most expensive receiver you have. You'll still be fine. There's still plenty of other cheaper guys that you can build it, build with around him. Car- Carrington, yeah, I mean, not looking at it, it does look like Carrington is uh, close to a must-play. What about what about uh, you for the top guys? I mean, Oregon's receiver rotation is pretty unpredictable, and, and I mean, if, if Adams were to, you, you do worry about re-injury with that stupid hand, and if he does go out, Jeff Lockie will take that offense. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Braverman, I think. I, it's really close with Doxon, but Braverman is at least as good of a play as Doxon, I think, and at 900 less. Um, he's definitely someone to make room for. I, I just, just screwing around right now, I didn't quite make room for him in my, my uh, initial lineup, but I might have to change that because his point totals uh, in the past games are 41.5, 23.6, 40.7, 31.3, 45.7, 34.2, and 26.9. So that's a low of 23.6. Um, which I think we would usually willingly pay at 7,400 straight up. So the other, but the other thing is 5,600 for Corey Davis is so low. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I can't find anything saying that he's hurt or something this year, but he's just not there really compared to like what he's been doing. I don't think he's even been as productive this year as he was as a true freshman, which is pretty weird. Uh, Braverman was in the back seat the last two years, and now mm-hmm. it's 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 been a strange uh, a change there. But either way, it's worth making room for both Braverman and Davis in your lineup. And uh, otherwise, at receiver, Shelton Gibson. If you, if you believe, if you you know have faith in over unders and spread projections, you have to like Shelton Gibson at 5,200. He's a clear lead receiver for West Virginia. TCU's been giving up points, so it makes sense to think that he'll do well again. I uh, definitely like him better than 5,500. DJ Foster, who hasn't done anything this year. Tyler Boyd at 6,900. He's got a not that great matchup against uh, North Carolina and really bad quarterbacks. So, uh, but yeah, otherwise, like the, the main bargain targets at receiver, other than the guys we already talked about, I think would be um, Tim White at 4,000 for Arizona State. He didn't have as good of a box score as Devin Lucian in their last games, but the target data says White's still ahead of him, and he's generally been better all year. So I do like White against that really weak defense. Um, otherwise, Jovan Durante, if he could get back on the radar with West Virginia, he's only 3,500. He got banged up a little bit last week, I think, and didn't catch a pass in any case. Um, but otherwise, Eddie Daugherty at 3,800 for Eastern Michigan is kind of interesting to me. Like he's kind of, I, I'm guessing he's a slot guy because he's tiny, um, but he's he's been catching a decent number of passes. West, Western Michigan's defense has regressed from where it was a year ago, uh, so 3,800 for Daugherty might be worth it. And on the subject of Eastern Michigan, I actually meant to mention um, at running back Darius Jackson at 5,400 is an awesome value, I think, because he's been a beast all year, like one of the very, very best fantasy backs. Now, the that 
Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan game. Uh, Western Michigan, 20-point favorites there. What's been the, the story with... 20 points? Western Michigan, yeah. Uh, over under 67. Uh, just really quickly, what's the story with Jarvion Franklin? I remember him being pretty awesome last year. What What's kind of happened there? Well, uh, Jamari Bogan is there now, too. And as it turns out, I think it's just safe to say at this point that Franklin was so productive last year because of his volume, not necessarily mm-hmm. because he was particularly efficient. And with Bogan there, they don't need to give Franklin the volume that he had. So Franklin is still the better play, I think. I don't... I. Outside of GPP strategy, I can't think of a reason why it would make sense to pay 51 sure. for Bogan when Franklin is 4,800. Um, however, I would much rather pay 5,400 for Darius Jackson than 4,800 for Franklin or 5,100 uh, for Bogan because Jackson, uh, no matter the spread, I mean, Eastern Michigan is the underdog in like every single game, and yet his point totals, like he stays involved as a passer, as a pass catcher, which helps. But point totals in his last however many games, like he's up to 13 rushing touchdowns already, and his his uh, DraftKings point totals 26.6, 28, 18 and a half. Had uh, 19 carries for 66 yards in his touchdown at LSU. Uh, 31.5, 27.6, 25.3, 38.4. So Western Michigan's defense has not been good this year. And, um, yeah, I, I think that the workload certainty with Jackson makes him kind of the ideal sub-600, sorry, sub-6,000 on this slate here. Now, John, just quickly before we move on, uh, any guys kind of below 3,500 that you're looking at uh, in terms of guys to kind of fill out the, the back end of your lineup with? Yeah, if you really need... Uh, need bottom dollar type of guy uh, Colin Lisa he's kind of a slot receiver at Buffalo uh, he's a UAB transfer but good route runner uh, good hands and it seems like he's developing a solid rapport with Joe Licata so he's someone to look out for I don't think he's going to be highly used anywhere even in GPPs and at 3100 for a starting receiver I think that's fine also, just uh, looking around that similar range, Rakeem Williams for Miami of Ohio has not done much this year, but that's uh, because his quarterbacks are so amazingly bad, which is why he's that cheap. But all he really needs is like three catches to meet value, and he's been targeted enough to think that he's got a good chance of doing that at least. But otherwise, 3,100 for Wesley Fields. Um, if you think Georgia Southern's going to stop Texas State, which I think m- most objective indications say they will, uh, you, you might want to go after him for that for that punt position because 3,100, he's up to 345 yards and six touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's the third running back behind Breda and L.A. Ramsby, who's also a, a fine play at 4,300. But, yeah, 3,100 for uh, Fields is probably going to be a popular play, I think. All right, so the early Saturday slate, also known as the Juju slate, uh, the first game is the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game, which should be uh, all kinds of fun. Oklahoma State, three-point favorites, over under 79, uh, your classic Big 12 shootout. What do you guys think is the better play at quarterback in this one, Mahomes at 8,100 or... uh, Mason Rudolph at 7,000. I would say neither. I think you got to look at J.W. Walsh. He had five total touchdowns last weekend, and at 4,800. I mean, I don't even know what to make of that salary, but um, as far as I know, he kind of comes in red zone situations, vultures uh, Mason Rudolph's value, and I think it's definitely not the safest play. There could be situations where he's, you know, he just doesn't get on the field, uh-huh. but when he's on the field, he's going to score touchdowns, and I, I, I definitely what? like that upside, and he 
clears up so much room at 4,800. Now, I mean, last week they were playing Kansas, mm-hmm. and they won by like 50 or something. And this week, uh, expected to be a lot closer. Do you think that had anything to do with him having I, like by far his best game? I of the think year? It, it, what had what it had to do with was uh, Mike Gundy has been trying to kind of jumpstart the run game because Rennie Childs and Chris Carson have both been kind of huge disappointments, and Walsh kind of converts at the goal line better than either of those guys. Uh, so that's why I think he got a little bit higher usage. Yeah, he'll he's 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 kind of a scary play as a backup quarterback. Obviously, sure. a guy who attempts uh, a season high of with five passes and a season high of six rush attempts. Um, he's a red zone specialist, and, yeah, his, he's going to have a very high frequency of touchdowns relative to his, his workload. Um, I probably wouldn't pick him, but if if it's in a GPP setting, that's, that's where it would be a consideration. And uh, Texas Tech's run defense might be even worse than Kansas's, so... He's he's a good bet for a rushing touchdown. I think I think the only concern is I think you need two touchdowns from him before he'd be you know able to be a non liability in a fantasy lineup. What do you what do you guys think of Mahomes coming off uh, a rough game against Oklahoma? I don't like him this week. Uh, Oklahoma State's defense is pretty tough. I'm not convinced that Texas Tech has a lot of talent at receiver. I think Jakeem Grant and Devin Lauderdale are good players, but they're I don't know that either one is meant to be a workhorse type that they've been. Uh, asked to be in that offense Mahomes at least has shown a consistent ability, a a consistent willingness and a consistent uh, adeptness to run the ball so that that gives him a floor at least and offsets whatever his struggles might be as a passer but I'm just I'm just not sure I would want to pay 8100 for Mahomes like when I think Kessler at 7900 is a similar value I definitely would rather have Matt Davis at Mm -hmm. 7600 Chad Kelly at 7400 etc what about uh, just just looking at the running backs? You you alluded to the. Oh, the... sorry, um, John. You want your really cheap quarterback? Punt? Uh, if Tommy Armstrong is out against Riker five Riker, time. Riker, oh no. <laughs> Um, he's probably really bad, but so is Purdue in 3900 Wow, what a great deal. Um, That's happy, a low price. Happy to see there's some new blood possibly on the horizon in Nebraska. I'm ready to kind of be done with this Tommy Armstrong oh, era. That, no, you should. Uh, <laughs> Armstrong is good. He just doesn't feel very good. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, just let him run Let him run a Georgia Southern offense. Poor guy. Who knows what. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of quarterback options on this slate that I like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Matt Davis is my favorite value at 7600 at home against Tulsa. Matt Davis had a bad game last week against a South Florida defense that's actually pretty good. Uh, but otherwise, you look at his games and he's like above 30 points, uh, like five out of the other seven games, over 41 time. I think Tulsa's against Tulsa, he's more likely to score 40 than 28. Yeah, Tulsa's, uh, you know, abjectly pretty pretty poor defensively. Uh, they're still three and a half point favorites at uh, at Southern Methodist. But, you know, over under 76, uh, I mean, are you – there is a big gap now between Kiaris Garrett and Josh Atkinson and Price. Garrett sitting there at 76, Atkinson at 63. Uh, you know, there's some of the – there's some cheaper plays uh, available in this this matchup too. Or do you guys see any of the, the wider series or running backs in this game as, as worthwhile investments? Well, it's, it seems like uh, – 
Garrett's uh, price hike is sort of uh, making up for lost time because he's been so good all year, but he's also been so underpriced. So now kind of it feels like if you hadn't already benefited from his huge games and you sort of missed out on mm-hmm. on getting him for really cheap. Uh, and because of that, uh, I think Atkinson is probably the one that I would consider here. I think they can both have big games, um, but obviously SMU is going to do whatever it can to slow down Garrett. And I think maybe that'll open up some extra uh, single coverage targets for uh, Atkinson. Yeah. I, I wouldn't rule out making room for Garrett just because I think sure. he's, his target volume is just obscene. Like yeah. he's, he's got a good chance to be the most targeted receiver in the country all year. Like 14 catches might seem like some kind of change in his, his, his target volume. Cause he caught, caught four the week before, but it's actually been like this, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 15 targets a game um and this is a this is a week you know slate just in general in terms of uh, wide receivers well, I mean, and juju at 73 pharaoh cooper at 7,000 fredwell is going to be a popular target oh yeah 700 but yeah i mean it's it's like garrett's garrett's like probably a legit top five or six overall option wide oh, yeah, receiver I, I was, this week i was just gonna yeah. say like i i don't know i haven't been able to put together a full lineup on this one but i don't know that i would i would not make it a point to go after garrett if i can because i think it's the perfect setting for another ridiculous box score from him smu's defense is not built to handle a player like him and both teams are pretty up tempo both teams have bad defenses both teams have good enough offenses to score on the other it could be just you know it could be like a 90 over under kind of are are you gonna are we gonna be at odds are you gonna are you gonna recommend garrett at 76 over juju smith at 73 um okay so here's the thing Uh, juju smith is a guy all right (laughs) because uh he was favoring his left leg at practice wednesday so it sounds like he's limited there's not any state that he's gonna miss the game and uh, yeah, is, is it even possible for a Juju Smith no. to miss a game? No. And no. So anyway, he's he's got the better match. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he's got the worst matchup between the two. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I do prefer Garrett at seventy six hundred over Smith Schuster at seventy three hundred. But it gets tougher for me to pick when we talk Treadwell at sixty seven hundred. Our guy Sterling Shepard has been conspired against by this Lincoln Riley villain, but uh, it's been terrible. Four hundred for Sterling Shepard against Kansas, like that's. I mean, is there any way that he doesn't have one of those seventy-yard touchdowns in this game? Like, yeah, I'm not sure anyone on Kansas can tackle him. I'm going to file the slander suit on his behalf uh, if if Lincoln Riley doesn't get him going in this one. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, Atkinson at 6,300, Thomas Furback at 6,200. Oh man. I mean, he's he's been consistently monstrous aside from that one game against Utah State uh, with Rippon in the lineup. I think I think he's a great play at at 6,200. Uh, but yeah, I guess we're gonna have most people going after the the three guys, and after that, uh, the four, five. Actually, so Jordan Payton through Alex Erickson, fifty two hundred on Erickson, up to fifty eight hundred on Payton. That's a lot of high target volume receivers who are really cheap. The other ones are Nelson Spruce, Kenny Lawler, and Thomas Duarte. I firmly believe Thomas Duarte is the UCLA receiver to target, regardless of price. I think he's better than Peyton. I think mm-hmm. he's going to see his role exceed that of Peyton going forward. 5,700 is a great play there, especially, I mean, I haven't been able to look at this. I assume Paul Perkins is out, um, in which case, by the way, so-so Jamoko at 5,300, pretty nice-looking running back play there. Um, but otherwise, like, if Paul Perkins is out, I think that's a boost for both Peyton and Duarte. Duarte's had two huge games in a row. 
Nelson Spruce at 5,500. He's not that good, and he won't score touchdowns very often. He won't produce much yardage, but PPR scoring. He's going to get big target volume in a game where you, yeah, where Colorado needs to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a good consideration, I think. Otherwise, Alex Erickson, if Corey Clement is out again. At home against Rutgers, um, with Rob Wheelwright also out, um, I'd like Al- I like Alex Erickson a lot at 5,200 as well. Soso Jamobo, second best name of the pod. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that horribly wrong. I mean, I think it's Jamabo, maybe. Jamabo. Soso. It'd be nice if it was Jamobo, because then you would have you know a little you know phonetics. But it's it's a it's a quality name. However, you want to pronounce the surname there. Uh, uh, he did have some fumble trouble last week, though. I will say, oh, yeah. so so with the ball security, <laughs> you know. But uh, oh yeah, he lost. He lost one fumble. It looks like. Did we? Okay, so you, Mario, were saying earlier that uh, Matt Davis was your favorite quarterback. Uh, kind of at least in the in terms of the upper upper priced guys, and then you know we threw out the guy from from Nebraska as a possible super cheap option. Anybody in that kind of middle tier range that you're looking at, John? I don't know if you got a chance to put a lineup together. Uh, is there anybody kind of in that that six thousand to seven thousand range I, worth targeting? I like Brett Rippin. I mean, Brett Rippin definitely paid off last week. He's going against UNLV. He's only sixty six hundred, and he's definitely a viable play. Um, also. So uh, let me see what Kyler Murray is priced at. Uh, Kyler Murray at 5100. Uh, Kevin Sumlin announced yesterday he's kind of reopening the qu- starting quarterback right. uh, competition, which I think is a nice way of saying Kyle Allen's getting benched. I mean, regardless of whether he's giving all all three candidates a chance, I think that means that Kyler Murray's going to get the start on Saturday. So at 5100, I like him. Kind of a scary one though, because I mean, you could sort of see that going you know one guy gets a quarter another guy gets a quarter that type of thing maybe i don't know i I get the feeling that uh if if murray does get the start that he's gonna play the whole game unless he is truly terrible against south carolina i do uh treon harris also at 5100 yeah that was the only thing for me is it's like Kyler Murray does not have like a great matchup there, especially if he's he's basically if he would if he were to start, he'd be stepping in with basically one week of practice reps, whereas uh, Treon's had a couple weeks to get a hold of that offense. I think he's shown he's about as effective as a player as, as Murray to this point. Like Harris might be the better player to this point. Um, and he's 5,100, and he's definitely going to play. Um, even Save, I think, if he's – I thought I, was, I saw that he was named the starter. That's where, This is where we need that laugh track that we were, that we were trying out. The, the giant even, swinging arm. Even Stave, like, face palm. Mar- Mario goes straight to the face palm after <laughs> saying even Stave, as, as he should. Uh, should have been. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, one one quick uh, injury thing I did want to touch on uh, while we're on that that sort of injury topic. Uh, USC at Cal, USC six point favorites in this one, over under sixty eight. What's who's going to be starting at running back for for USC this week? Do we know that? Yeah, it was injury reasons that Trey Madden didn't play last week, but Justin Davis and Ronald Jones basically split whatever workload there is allocated toward the two of them. Um, I think it's looking like a 
one-third, one-third, no. one-third kind of split if Madden does play. And if not, Jones is too good to stay off the bench and to stay on the bench. And same is true of Davis. So I don't know if there's much to exploit there. But um, if one were to get a reliable workload, they're, they're both good enough and Cal's run defense is bad enough that they could get going. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to get your guys take on this one i think that you know you're looking at that oklahoma kansas game oklahoma 39 point favorites in kansas 63 and a half the over under there is joe mixon at six thousand? is that is that too pricey because i feel like you know if they're up by like 21 in the second half mixon might be in line for for a few more carries than than he might typically but uh, you know at 6000 you really have to kind of get get a strong payoff there I think I think Mixon could be worth it. Um, it's definitely a bit of a toss-up, uh, given that OU is going to be blowing them out so badly that you know maybe Stoops just kind of pulls everybody. But you got to look at what's around him uh, comparatively, um, and hmm, you got Dario Gumbawale uh, for uh, Wisconsin, three hundred dollars cheaper going against Rutgers. Um, I think he I might prefer him over Mixon because you know. Mixon Mixon's so much better than he is so much <laughs> he is so much better but like his hit he's kind of hit or miss like yeah. obviously he can have those awesome games but I'd probably go with P Ryan yeah Lincoln Riley loves to rotate like everybody too it's really annoying because like last week uh, P Ryan and and Mixon were able to break loose largely because that one third running back I can't remember the name of stopped getting plays which because he was hurt. He's hurt yeah um, I don't know if he's back this week but I I, actually, I don't think I'll be targeting Mixon at all really because I mean it, I, I won't argue against picking him like he, the, the GPP logic especially is completely sound like he mm-hmm. can go off in that game there's no doubt about it but um, if Corey Clements is out I still like Dari better at 5700 because Rutgers is terrible they're in Camp Randall they're going to crush Rutgers um, Wally gets he's, he's busy in the passing game to begin with but with wheel right out he could get like 7 or 8 targets in the passing game if, again if Clements is out if Clements is in Ogumbawale is not a consideration in Correct. the slightest. Um, but otherwise, if Armstrong is out, Terrell Newby going against Purdue at 5,200, they don't seem to like him very much for some what, some reason that's seeming increasingly stupid to me because the backups aren't doing anything. Um, Newby at 5,200, if he gets like 25 carries against Purdue, that's just like a lock for value, I what, think. What do you... What do you okay, what do you guys think about Trey Carson at 4,500? Uh you know he's got a he had a, he struggled against Ole Miss and Alabama as one does, but you know seems to have a better matchup I mean, this week. He'll be fine, I think, at forty five hundred. But I'd rather pay up for fifty seven hundred for Akram Wald, Wadley. Oh yes, against Maryland. The Wad, um, based Wad. Xavier Jones, the SMU running back, is forty one hundred. That's a screaming value, I think. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't I don't know if I have the guts to to get it in any of my lineups, but. If you if you do want to take one of one of those like punts in the bottom four thousand range, um, and I do say punt, I, I consider Xavier Jones like a pretty solid value rather than a punt. But Chris Carson going against that Texas Tech run defense, which is just apparently the worst of all time, uh, forty one hundred. This might be the week where he faces a defense so bad that he just cannot screw it up. Do you see like uh, who's the guy that got like 14 carries for them last week in garbage time? Um, 
Jeff Jeff Carr is. Oh. Do you see him? Like, I mean, he he was like pretty productive. Five, five one sixty or something okay. like that. I, did he got fourteen carries. Or uh, yeah, it was like twice twice of what his season high was yeah, before yeah, that. So twelve and had a touchdown. I mean, I, I would guess that was due to the blowout. Yeah. For the most part, because he's he's really just was, a gimmick player. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I didn't know he was so undersized. Um, I mean, we would even laugh at him. He's so undersized. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure, he could still hurt us. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's probably the case. Uh, <laughs> uh, so okay, let's go to hmm, where where do you guys want to go on the on this slide? I mean, there's we kind of hit on a lot of the the big games in terms of uh, the over unders. Uh, I guess is is Markel Jones worth considering at forty four hundred? Worth considering. It's just Purdue is so stupid and <laughs> not not as in like they have they keep, they have to give him the ball. That's one thing that's just true this week because DJ Knox probably won't be available. Correct. To back up to uh, Jones is a Yancey who is not D'Angelo and has like two career carries for mm-hmm. nothing or whatever. So they have to feed Markel Jones. It's just that mm-hmm. they're so stupid. I don't know if they're going to be able to get you know more than like 10 first downs in a game because they they just suck. They don't know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I, I do like Markel Jones from a talent standpoint. Uh, as a, One guy that's kind of interesting is a deep sleeper, and I don't know if he's like miscategorized for his position, but Irvin Phillips of Syracuse is 3,800. Um, he doesn't really play running back that much. He's got like, let's see, he's got four and 12 carries on the year, largely because he missed a bunch of games, but he's very busy as a pass catcher in that offense. In the four games he's played, on DraftKings, he's got 17.9, 14.6, 16.1, 17.8 points. Obviously, going against Florida State, angry Florida State is not good, but um, there there might be garbage time in that one. And even if it isn't, that quarterback, Dungy, has been pretty impressive for Syracuse, so he might just be good enough to keep them uh, producing, even despite the bad matchup. Um, that, that's an interesting punt play, especially in GPPs, I think. Mm-hmm. How about your boy Deshaun Watson, eighty-four hundred at NC State, Clemson, ten and a half point favorites. In he this got out golden fire. That was that was just great. <laughs> we knew he was great. But, wow, <laughs> um, but no, I don't like the matchup at all. Okay. Carolina State's a good defense. That's on the road. Eighty-four hundred for Deshaun Watson. When I'd rather play. Our guy Dane Evans. Uh, is he our guy? He, he's our guy. Uh, and he's maybe, maybe we're he's on the fence he's, about being our guy. I mean, he he only really played terrible when we all used him against <laughs> East Carolina. I mean, so that's, that's all it really takes him, for me to be upset. Yeah, he's bad. I mean, he's not. He's a system player for sure, but for DFS, uh, but no, I, I just I just think there's too like Matt Davis at 7600 means 8400 for Watson Mayfield is something I just care less about. All right. Uh, one more game really quick before we go to the the late slate and that'll be a very quick uh, segment but the the Saquon Barkley do we have to apologize or does the Penn State coaching yeah. staff I, have I to think apologize we should be to mad us? at Maryland uh, for just, Maryland. just throwing throwing nine nine guys in the box uh, yeah, they were like here Hackenberg just throw <laughs> yeah. it Hackenberg was I mean he was getting like 25 yards of completion or something it was, it was insane like, these, like they were their coverage was so marginalized relative to their run defense commitments that mm-hmm. like, Chris Godwin was just doing this thing where he'd like box out the defensive back for how yeah, playing a game of 500. Yeah, like Hackenberg was just doing these punt throws that were just so dumb looking, but Godwin would just box out better and and fair catch it pretty much. Um, But yeah, it's... uh, Barkley was also a little bit uh, limited by the ankle injury that he's been playing through, so... 
that that probably prevented him from fully utilizing his superpowers. But I I I think Barkley is more likely to dominate the rest of the way than disappoint. So mm-hmm. sixty six hundred, he's in play. I don't know that I'll make make it. In, I don't know that I'll make any room in my lineup for him though, just because I feel like there's a lot of with with Xavier Jones at forty one hundred, Akram Wadley fifty seven hundred, Terrell Newby at fifty two hundred, um, even Brandon Wild for South Carolina at forty six hundred is pretty interesting. Um, I just I just feel like I can get similar upside, similar reliability at a, a you know discount basically. All right, quickly going to the evening slate. No Georgia Florida talk. Oh well, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> don't use Sonny don't, Michelle. Don't use, don't don't use do anybody it. in that. But game. go dogs. Um, the late slate. Uh, John, let me ask you really quick. If you had sure. to pick like one game from this slate to kind of target in terms of uh, maybe getting multiple guys involved, is there a place that you know you'd want to go? I mean, I, I think obviously Stanford's got a nice matchup. Memphis has a nice matchup. Um, this this will sound kind of contrarian, but I think Air Force actually has some plays that are worth considering at the price. Um, their quarterback, Carson Roberts, and uh, also Jacoby Owens, because I think he's going to be the lead back. He's 49 obviously it's a very run heavy offense and i believe shane davern and who's the other uh, i think they're both still banged up they missed last week so i think owens will be in line for another big game against hawaii i know carson roberts is going to get some love from our optimizer because i'm pretty sure <laughs> i ranked him like top 40 at quarterback and he's he's below uh previous backup just named starter joel lanning at iowa state and even the new solomon who i think is the new tate forcier uh <laughs> michigan specific tate forcier not the extracurriculars <laughs> but gerard randall's doing to solomon what uh denard robinson did to forcier um He's, he's just a better fit for the Rich Rod thing. Solomon's off the board for me for, for like, ever now. Yeah. Um, is is Randall a, a value at 64, or is it too dicey? They haven't committed enough to him to where I would All of Arizona. Uh, he had 27 fantasy points last week. He's, he's got 186 yards on the ground in his last two games, but he, he, there's too much of a rotation for me to pay over. Like, yeah, 6,400 6, for Randall and Thomas Cirque is 6,800 against the sure. King Miami program. Like, no way. How about, how about a bounce? back for for the ward and Greg Ward is there, is that on, is that in play? These guys don't play Greg Ward this week. Oh no, Vanderbilt. Uh, for how bad they are as a team, <laughs> their defense is actually pretty pretty darn good. Two hundred is obviously low for Greg as, Ward that we we've, we've come to know, but it's it's such a bad match. Now Vegas Vegas definitely backs that up. Vandy uh, at Houston. Houston eleven and a half point favorites, that's which seems yeah, nice, but the, the over under is only forty five and a half. So yeah, that they, that game might not have many points at all in it. And we still don't know what's up. Kenneth Farrow got KO'd in that game last week, and they're saying, like, oh, it looks good. He might be able to play with his concussion. I was like, he's very concussed. Like, he went limp, completely knocked out, dropped the ball. Uh, it'd be kind of scary if he's playing just, you know, less than a week later, basically, or a week later, whatever. Um, but, yeah, if Farrow's out, then that's a big drop-off for the supporting cast of Ward. And, he, you know, basically... If he has to do everything against Vanderbilt, it won't go well because Vanderbilt's defense is really, really, really good. Mario, anything? Um, do you want to? Do you want to pump up Jalen Hurd really quick? Anything from the the late slate that you want to? That you feel like we need to pick up? Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carson Roberts at six thousand. I'm just gonna go ahead and lock him in. Um, 
I guess the other quarterback I'd go. I gotta stop hating on Luke Falk. He's making me look like such a. Uh, um, I can't take it. It's really, it's really killing me. It's almost like at this point I'm better off just doubling down so I can be. That you much you like Falk? I mean, he's 8,500 against a Stanford defense that's overrated, and he's at home. 8,500 is kind of interesting. How about Hogan at 73? Um. Yeah, I mean, that, that's totally good. I, I, I'm generally going to just limit my quarterback targets on this slate, though, to Roberts at 6,000, Thomas Sirk at 6,800, mm-hmm. and Josh Dobbs at 8,300. 200 more for Falk is tempting, but he, Kentucky can't defend the run, and Dobbs, I like his chances of getting just, you know, that those one of those ridiculous running lines that he's capable of. Uh, I'm not expecting 53 points, like, against Georgia, but... I, I do like his chances against Kentucky. So, yeah, Dobbs, Roberts, Cirque are my main quarterback targets, I believe. All right. Well, uh, John, any, any final thoughts from you? Or? Um, I will say that I was willing to pay up for Christian McCaffrey going against Washington State, yeah, um, namely because uh, I find that the receivers, not only are they not that expensive even at the top end, but they're sort of just underwhelming either matchup or just the player themselves. And McCaffrey is just an absolute stud, and he's a, he seems to be on the Heisman path now, and uh, that's starting to pick up steam, and I think he's going to have a huge, huge game. And he can also have a, a special team touchdown as well yeah i think it makes sense to go for mccaffrey at that price i'll i'll probably go more toward yeah jalen hurt at 6400 is a must play i think mm-hmm. and that's that's just craziness um but yeah otherwise uh quick mention of the receivers anthony miller from memphis is still cheap at 5700 most frazier is the top receiver on that team i believe so don't like mistake the recent sample size for more uh more important than it is but anthony miller 5700 uh that's, that's a great price um, otherwise, the receivers are actually kind of thin at a glance. Uh, I do I like Trent Sherfield of Vanderbilt a little bit at 4,800. He's getting tons of targets, and his his quarterbacks are bad, but he's getting tons of targets. He's good himself. Um, but yeah, otherwise, it's kind of kind of grim among the receivers. Max McCaffrey, 3,800. Oh, Max McCaffrey, the, McCaffrey you, Bros. You got to make the McCaffrey stack if you get the chance. The do it for Ed. Yeah, even if they weren't good, you got to do it. But they're actually. <laughs> Obviously, one more so than the other, but they're both good, and Max is kind of getting on a roll lately. All right. Well, you know, I hope I hope Juju Smith's leg uh, gets better from running away from all the Juju groupies down at <laughs> down at USC. And uh, you know, thoughts go out to my boy Jerry Kill. Uh, sad day for for the Gopher football program, but. Uh, you know, don't watch that game. I know there's going to be a lot of heavy hearts, but that's that's just going to be an awful game. Uh, Harbaugh's not going to have any mercy <laughs> at all. Yeah, like, that's everybody's crying just for a different reason. Yeah, you gotta avoid that game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a couple a couple interesting slates out there. So definitely hit that up. We'll be back, uh, and I think we might actually have uh, some some music for you at the start and the end of uh, the show this week. But uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we're gonna try, uh, kind of against our will a little bit, but. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RealJR Anderson. John, where can they find you? At Johnny McKex. That's J O H N N Y M C K E C H S. And Mario? I don't know why. NFL Draft <laughs> underscore RW. All right, cool. We'll uh, be back with you guys. Actually, I I won't be here next week, but John and Mario will be here to uh, to lead you through all the the college football picks. All right, see you guys.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.